Hey everyone, welcome to the Cedar Room Podcast where we talk about life, family, a lot of business, and a little bit about everything else. I'm Dan Vanderkoy, husband to my stunning wife, Erin, dad to our three wild kiddos, and owner of Mana Insurance Group. From running around playing games as a youth pastor to running an insurance company, I've experienced and learned a lot. We hope this is a place for you to come think, process, and challenge yourself to grow. Make sure you hit that subscribe button to stay connected as we talk through these ideas together. Hey guys, my name is Dan Vanderkoy with Mana Insurance Group, and uh, we just wanted to start doing some podcasts for different reasons. One of the things that uh, we want to talk about is just life in general. Um, one of the things that I've really tried to um, embrace over the last, especially six months, has been leadership development in my own life and understanding what that looks like to me at home as a parent, as a husband, um, in uh, in our business. Um, and I also coach high school baseball. And so within the kids that I coach and the program that we have there. And so uh, just really trying to figure out uh, how I can become a better leader, how I can be, become a better member of our community. Um, <clears throat> and the other thing that we want to talk a little bit about is business, not necessarily um, like products and things like that, because people probably don't want to get bored talking about insurance products, even though there's some really cool stuff out there, right, Kyle? Oh, that's correct. Um, but um, talking about business and just like culture and things like that, that's really important to us. And then uh, just leadership. How do you lead? How, if you're not in a leadership position, how do you lead? Uh, maybe from the middle, how do you lead um, when um, everyone else around you maybe is in, a, in an authority position over you, but, um, but you still have opportunities to lead in different ways. So that's kind of my heart behind this, this podcast. And um, Kyle, Kyle Boone is here with us today. Thanks for being here, Kyle. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Kyle gets to put up with me every day at work. I say gets to. Yeah, that's, that's correct. Because yeah. that's more fun. Yeah. Um, uh, we've worked together for almost eight years, seven, seven years, years yeah. seven years, um, because I walked into a bank it's you true. were working at when we were doing a food drive. Yep. And I was like, are you the guy that spoke at Camp Shiloh one time? And then you're like, no, 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 that wasn't <laughs> no, but you were a youth pastor, right? Yeah, I was. Yeah. And, um, and I was like, Hey, you should come work with me. That's kind of how it started. Yeah just in a bank yeah in a bank and then we went out for coffee did you even know me did you know who i was i knew of you knew who I, was. I did not i mean you were a phenomenal baseball player that's really oh, the reputation yeah. you had thank you yeah. <laughs> um but yeah and then we met for coffee and um that yeah. was fun because it was really early in the morning <clears throat> a little early for you for yeah. me yeah for you <laughs> at that time yeah mr 9 30 um but um but no like it's it's been cool just to see us be able to kind of grow our business together yeah um and then just to even see your family grow um so you've been married to janelle for how many years now 10 years, Ten years. a decade a decade yes that means you're getting old is that why you're balding a lot wow thank oh. you for bringing that up <laughs> uh 10 years and you have four girls now Four girls is correct. Yes. Lots, That's, lots of girls. So please buy insurance from Kyle because he's yes. going to have four weddings to pay for. I need it. And he's I need this. Need to build that book of business. <laughs> I need this so bad. Um, why don't you kind of tell us about your, your family? You also coach a couple different sports and yep. maybe why you do that, your background and yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Basically to, to kind of piggyback off what you were saying was, I mean, I'm, I love to serve my community, um, but I, we have a lot of similarities uh, that we were in ministry and um, 
yeah, we love to coach and we love to give back. Um, but yeah, my, um, my heart in all that was, uh, I just, I miss ministry, I guess, in a sense of just investing in people's lives, Mm. um, in a, uh, in a way that I'm passionate about. And so I miss hanging out with kids and I missed, um, a coaching is kind of my boy time because I yeah. have lots of girls <laughs> at home. Um, but yeah, that's, that's my heart behind it is I just, I want to invest in kids. I want, I want to show this younger generation, um, how to be a great husband, mm. uh, how to be a great father. Um, sports are great. Yeah. It's a great place. It's a great platform to have to, uh, to be able to speak up. Um, but how I live my life is really what I want them to see. Yeah. Um, and, but yeah, my, my, uh, a lot has changed since we've kind of started our journey together is yeah, we had one kid at the time and <laughs> now we have four. And so yeah, life has changed and business continues to grow. And I mean, but my heart hasn't changed. Yeah. Uh, my passions are still the same. And, uh, I know we share a lot of similarities in that regard. So yeah, absolutely. I think that, and that's probably one of the reasons why I wanted you to be on this first podcast with us too, is just, um, I think we have a very similar story yeah. we always joke that our lives yeah. like mirrored each other, like completely from yeah. our background in youth ministry to where we're at today and coaching and things. And I think that's what, um, one of the reasons I really just, I, I love your heart. And I think why you fit into the culture of, of even manna so well is because it's not just about Kyle. Yeah. It's about the community. It's about using your, your opportunity in business and in coaching as a platform to do bigger things, yeah, right? And serving. So, yeah. yeah. And, and well, even, um, you guys have a family mission statement, don't you? Yeah, we do. Yeah. And, and that, the heart from that came, uh, when we realized that, you know, all these businesses have mission statements mm-hmm. and all these churches have mission statements. And, uh, I was actually challenged by Grant Fishbook at Christ yeah. the King. And he said, you know, you need to come up with a family mission statement. And so, uh, yeah, did some digging on that and Janelle and I prayed together about that and we came up with, uh, what just fit us so well. Mm. And that is, uh, be living proof of a loving God to a watching world. Mm. So it's cool. We have that. I have that in my office. I have it above our sink at home, uh, in the kitchen. We pray that every night with our kids. And so that's just kind of what our family is about. Yeah. So. That's really cool. Yeah. That's really, I was actually listening. I'm reading through um, Seven Habits of Highly Effective Leaders mm-hmm. right now, yeah. and uh, that's one of the things they actually talk a lot about. That I was I was reading last night is um, the fact of a personal mission statement, yeah. um, a family mission statement, um, a mission statement like in your workplace and different things. But not only just for companies, but also for you as an individual in the workplace or yep. you individually within your own family or as a dad or as a husband and that sort of thing. Yeah. So, and I have that um, standard now of when I wake up in the morning that if I don't fulfill that, I've, I've failed for that day. Yeah. Right. And so you can come back and evaluate that. <coughs> each right. Night, right. It's, it's, yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of your background. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I wanted to jump in a little bit to, um, one of the things that I've been really focusing on over the last, um, six months. And we've talked a lot about this is leadership development. Mm-hmm. And, uh, within that we had our office read, um, that first book that we read through was called leadership and self-deception yeah. written by the Arbinger Institute and great book. It was recommended to me, recommended to me by a, a guy that I met in, uh, San Diego at a, uh, the national apartment association that we're a part of. 
and he's like, hey, Dan, you got to read this book. His background was as a coach and stuff too. And uh, there was a story in that book that I thought could kind of set the stage for what I want to talk a little bit about. And I know uh, you're a little familiar with this too, but um, it's a story of uh, Dr. Ignac Semmelweis uh, from Vienna General Hospital. Uh, Dr. Semmelweis worked at the Vienna General Hospital in the mid 1800s. And the specific hospital was known for kind of a research hospital. So they would always be trying new things and, and different uh, tactics and whatnot. Um, but he was brought in specifically to this hospital to do some to do some research. And he was there and he would spend a lot of time um, diving in with the current doctors uh, that were in that facility. And but what what happened was he specifically started working in the maternity ward and there's two different two different uh, sections of the maternity ward. And so he was working in one of them with all like the doctors that have been educated and whatnot. And then there was a whole nother section of the maternity ward that was just strictly midwives. So they basically took care of the women and the births and, and whatnot. Um, and, it, you know, I'm not sure if it was because different social classes, one got a doctor, one, I don't think it really mattered, but I think they just kind of split them. And as they come in where there was an open bed, they'd, they'd send them, right? Well, what was crazy is um, the mortality rate um, started to grow significantly. And in the, the facility with all the doctors where, um, where this guy was overseeing everything, they had a mortality rate of one in 10 of the women would die trying to give birth. Yeah. And on the whole other section with the midwives, it was one in 50. Now, granted, they don't have the modern technology, the medicine and stuff that we have today, right? So right. it was, it was kind of crazy. So, but think about it. If you're walking into this scenario, you know that you're going to have a child. Think about if Janelle's going in or right. for me, Aaron's going yeah. in and there's a one in 10 chance that they're not going to make it through. Like that's significant. And so they, they kind of tell the story that like these women would literally be like begging and like crying and pleading, please send me over to the midwife side. Yeah. And it was just kind of crazy thing. So this happened and it continued to get worse and worse and worse. Um, and then Semmelweis finally got kind of obsessed with finding a solution for it. And so he actually took like a four month leave and went and studied at some other hospitals. And he came back and the, the, the numbers had gotten even worse. And what, what, what happened was is basically when he would do research with these doctors, they would do a lot of their research on cadavers. And so they would be researching something. A woman would go into labor. They would go over and they would deliver this child. Well, obviously these people that they're doing the research on have died for some reason or another, probably if the hospital, some sort of disease or whatnot, and they would go deliver these, these, these kids. Well, what happened was when he dug into it, they basically found that the bacteria that were found in these uh, cadavers would then be transferred to these mothers as their children were being delivered. Yeah. And it was kind of before they even really understood about germs or anything like that. And so they, they, they started to see the mortality. They started to put something into place. So when he realized that it had a direct connection with the actual training that he was doing, and because from the moment that he walked into that place and started doing that training, the mortality rate just continued to increase like the guilt on his hands, yeah. right? He, he felt just horrible because he thought he was going in there to train these doctors, but it was actually making things significantly worse. And so, um, he, when he kind of, kind of put two and two together, he immediately, 
he immediately put a plan into action and they started doing some sort of, uh, they'd have to wash their hands with chlorine and some lime juice or something like that. And all of a sudden everything started to get out. It was called child fever. And that was kind of the precursor to, I guess, the theory of germs that would come out. But um, when you think about that, and I guess that's probably where hand sanitizer came from, right? Yeah, sure. You know, those, you know, when you have your first kid, <laughs> yeah. it's like, oh, here, please, before you, <laughs> yeah, before before you touch, you my, touch child, my child, yeah. hand sanitizer, right? My, <laughs> like with Blake, my third kid, I'm like, yeah, whatever, eat the dirt. He'll right? be like, fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I thought it was just really interesting because, you know, he's looking around like I'm coming in to fix a problem. Right. Right. Um, and he actually made it worse. And yeah. it took him to get time away and get perspective and to kind of look it's like, oh, man, I actually... I actually created this, right? And, mm. and it kind of goes into what I'd love to talk a little bit about is, um, so often I think in our society today, and I mean, you see it in the world of politics like crazy, right? Mm. You have two sides that won't talk to each other. Everyone's, their opinion's always right. There's no middle ground. There's no conversation willing to be had. Um, but everyone else is the problem. It's not me, right? Right. Yeah. And. I just wondered too, like if our approach to life, um, would, would change if we, if we were able to step back and take a good hard look at ourselves and take accountability and ownership of ourselves before we really start to look at other people as the problem, you know? And so often I think, I think this is one of the things that I've enjoyed about our, our office and our culture and, and, um, is having, having people who just really care about people, you know, Mike, I take my kids to school. Uh, probably three or four mornings a week. And when they get out of the back of my truck, I, I tell them, and I hope they write this on my tombstone someday. Um, along with don't be the weird guy at the barbecue. That's my other <laughs> tagline, but, um, but it is, is be kind to somebody today. Yeah. Right. And so often we live in a world that's just, we don't know where people are coming from. And, and that's what we tell our team at Mana too is, is, Hey, when someone calls in, if they're mad yeah. about a billing thing or something like that, because stuff happens, <laughs> it's not always going to be perfect, but you never know what they're going through on that, that end of the phone, right? You never know what's going on in their marriage or their family life, or if they've lost a loved one or someone like that. And so how do we, how do we step back and show kindness to those people, um, and recognize that, you know, there's stuff that we can do on our end instead of always looking at everybody else. Right. And yeah. So, what's interesting to me about that too, is like, uh, that we have to say that, yeah. <laughs> right? How sad is that, that we have to put that into our kids because when they're stepping out of the vehicle, going into the world, mm-hmm. oftentimes they're going to get the exact opposite of what we intend for them. Yeah. And I've, I heard someone say the other day on a podcast that I was listening to is like, you know, uh, a butterfly is going to do what a butterfly is going to do. You know, it just naturally does what it's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. The same with a bumblebee or any, any animal out there. It just does what it naturally is supposed to do. And then you look at humanity and it's almost as if we're doing the exact opposite yeah. of what we're, we were designed to do and yeah. intended to do. Yeah. And how scary is that? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and how, how many times do we have, we, we literally have a choice to make. Yeah. Right. Tons are we going to be part? Are we going to be part of the solution? Or are we going to be part of the problem? Right. Right. And so, um, you know, you find a lot of people when there's a hard time, or there's awkwardness, or there's a disagreement, mm-hmm. they're just going to bury it and run or sweep it under the rug. Right. But I try. I try to. It doesn't. Oh, I'm not perfect. But um, c- 
can I be part of the solution? Can I step right. back and say, what's my role in this? Can I own it? And um, another book I just got done reading was The uh, Dichotomy of Leadership. And it was written by two Navy SEALs. And they have a book that I'm, I'm just cracking into right now. And one of the quotes in it, um, <clears throat> it's called Extreme Ownership. It's by Jocko Willink. And um, he was a Navy SEAL. But a quote that he has is, ego clouds and disrupts everything. Yeah. And I step back and I look at situations in my life where maybe I just wanted to be right. Yeah. You know, and, 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 you know, and some of that, like I've been, Aaron and I will have been married for 15 years this December. Um, and I just, I know that our marriage has been completely 15 years of wedded bliss. We've never had one argument. Is that right? Yeah. My ego's never gotten in the way <laughs> at all. Good for you guys. You know? So it's, awesome. it's pretty cool. We have the perfect marriage. Um, I love you, honey. Um, but, but no, like when I even step back and look at like raising three kids and difference of opinions on things or even in work or different things like that, like usually those stem from two things, uh, my selfishness and my ego. Yeah. And if I can step back and I, I can recognize warning signs that, hey, I'm doing this because Dan wants it yeah. instead of what might be best for the overall culture or the team or the, the marriage or the, the family or whatever it might be. Um, you know, those are those are the areas that I need to be able to step back and say, OK, no, how can I serve? Right. And yeah. Kyle, I think that's something that you do really well is is how can I serve? Yeah. Right. That's what I try. That's what I try to do. Um, but yeah, like I said, uh, I mean, like you already mentioned too, it's like, we're not, we're not perfect. Yeah. Um, and, and I used to say this a lot in ministry. Um, but I'll, I'll say the same thing on our business platform. It's like, we have, we have the absolute perfect business until you, you're so right. Right. You're so right. right Kyle. <laughs> but, but let's say business model, everything, everything we put into it, we have the absolute perfect business until you got involved mm. and until I got involved. Yeah. Right. And so now we're putting imperfect people into a, a situation where we're, we're c continually trying to strive to be better, but we're not, we're not perfect. Mm. Right. So there's, there's, yeah, ego is going to get in the way. Selfishness is going to get in the way always with marriage, kids, everything like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, we just, we want to get better every day. Yeah. Right. Well, and, and even to that book that we read through where I, <laughs> had that story from, from the Vienna hospital. Um, there's a line in there. Um, it says, when I see the world in a self justifying way, my view of reality becomes distorted. Yeah. Right. When we're so concerned about ourselves and what we want. Yeah. I think this plays into the business world oh, every day. Yeah. Big every time. day. And, it, and so many people and, it, and like, I get it like too, like from, from me, like, when I got out of ministry, I went into the insurance world and like, I didn't have a salary. I didn't have benefits. I didn't have anything. Um, and I had someone who was really gracious to, to mentor me and to kind of get me into the industry and things like that, you know, and over time, you know, you have changes and different things like that. And, and, um, and when I started MANA on my own, um, it was one of those things where all of a sudden you start to build things up and you realize like, Hey, like, this is going good, but I've put in the blood, sweat and tears. I went right. without a paycheck for six months. I, you know, and it's all I, 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 me, me, me. Right. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, you, you finally start to get some revenue coming in. And the natural tendency is like, I want to yeah. keep this to myself. Or right. That, yeah. Yeah. But if, but if, but I find that, and this is something that I think I have to, I'm not by nature a micromanager. Right. Um, but by being willing to give other people 
insight and uh, value and let them run with things. Um, I think it creates like that team culture, right? And so that yeah. kind of comes into, are you in business for yourself or are you in for others or for your community? And I think for me, um, there's different ways to build a business, but like ultimately, like when people ask me, like, why are you in business? It's like, I'm in business to make as much money as I can. Right. And people kind of look at me like, well, that's, that's really greedy. <coughs> that is. I go, Very. it is. But, but you know, I also believe that the Lord puts people in positions to be able to make money. And if we can make more money, it's what you do with that. Right. Yeah. It's not about Daniel having a, uh, you know, the nicest stuff or whatever. To me, it's about, um, how, how can we help support the school and the orphanage in Guatemala with Eagles Nest International that I work with. How can we sponsor those kids? How yeah. can we take te teams of people down? Um, you know, this shoot this last year, um, our awesome crew at Anthros Media, who's here today, Josh and Mark, uh, woo -woo, <laughs> um, are, are we're actually, we were able to help bring them down and then they were able to do like promo stuff for Eagles Nest to help try to get sponsorships cool. up. Like what makes that ministry different or um, Nathan and Emily Rose Tier in Tanzania with New Vision Soccer. Like, how can we bless them so that ministry can continue to happen? Um, the Linen Comedy Night that we were a part of that we put on raised 10 grand for Eagle's Nest, but also created a community event yeah. that was clean. You know, like for me, it's about being um, a transforming influence in this community, in this county, in this world, right? And so yeah. um, there's so many different ways to grow businesses. And I just, I feel blessed that we have a team of 12 people in our office that, that get it, yeah. right? They get well, it. It's not about us. It's about. Yeah. Well, the, the misconception is if I put a dollar in the middle of the table and you take it, the misconception is you're taking it away from me, right? In a worldly sense. But I know that you're going to use that dollar to better the world, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And so, yeah, I don't think we should be ashamed of making money. I don't think we do it for free. No. Right? But. But at the same time, if we can make money and we can use that to, to better our families, better our community, better the world, like, great, let's do it. Let's mm -hmm. go get it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, no, you're right. Our, the culture that we've created in our office is really desirable, mm -hmm. I'd say. Um, and that's something as we've been talking about mission statements and things like that, that's something that I feel you mentioned earlier, lead from the middle, which is yeah. a John Maxwell book. Yeah. Um, that's a great, a great read for anyone that's looking in a position like myself. I'm not, I'm not the boss. I'm not the big boss man, but I have a sense of leadership in this, in this context because I can lead from the middle yeah. and, and I can, I can make an, I have influence, but with, with influence, comes responsibility. Absolutely. And so when I walk in the doors at the office, I have a responsibility to uphold our, our company mission statement. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's a lot of serving our community, you know, serving each other. Um, and what can really hurt that is going back to being selfish, yeah. like just being there to do my thing and not care about anybody else. Mm -hmm. No, I'm here to serve. I'm here to serve my coworkers. And, uh, but but yeah, no, the, the, the thing that I love probably most about the culture in our office is a, it doesn't feel like a job, which is awesome. Wait, what a minute? Wait, what? what? <laughs> Wait, no, it, what? it doesn't. I mean, it's, it's, it's unique in a sense where I literally, and I'm, I'm going to have a little fun with you at the moment. Cause when I, oftentimes when I'm introducing you to someone, um, you don't know, 
I, I say, oh, this is my boss, Dan. And you just kind of cringe because you hate that, that level. Of, we're a team, right? We're a team. Yeah. And, and so I do it intentionally to kind of get a rise out of you sometimes, but, <laughs> but like literally I can go in and say, these are my friends, right? These are the people that I'm serving this community with today. Yeah. And they also just happen to be my coworkers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think too, like in that, and that, I think what's easy for me is, I mean, our, our mission state as a company is serving in an honest, loving and consistent manner while being an active representation of God, our families and community. Yeah. And that covers like, that's so broad. Right. And I think yeah. there's so many different ways to build a business. There's a lot of negative ways to build a business. Like yeah. we've talked about that too. Um, and different analogies that you have with it. Are you, are you focusing on yourself and how you can be better? Or do you start getting distracted and like trying to cut down the competition or focus on right. what maybe they don't do that sort of thing. Right. And I think for us, if we can, if we can really focus on what we do well, yeah. how we take care of people. And I think too, like for me being, see, I won't even say boss being in the leadership yeah. role, <laughs> one of the leadership roles, because we have an awesome leadership team. And, and so there's, I can focus on what I'm good at. Yeah. Right. And the minute I start to try to get into, um, books and accounting stuff. Yeah. Not so much. Um, you know, when I try to get into the marketing end of things and stuff like that, we have Kaylee who's a rock star. Yeah. And you're not good at being Kaylee. I'm not good at being no. Kaylee. No, I'm not. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but you know, we have people and then you have Adam who runs like the day to day stuff and as a general manager in the office and you have like a team of people and I can do what I can enjoy, what I enjoy. Yeah. I love trying to mentor people. Um, and uh, I love I love selling insurance and having conversations with people and, and being a part of that. And and so when you do that and you're willing to let go and focus on the things you are good at, not only do you create ownership within your company for other people and they feel vested yeah. and they treat it like their own company. Yeah. And maybe I'm just spoiled. Maybe we just have awesome people. Maybe we do. But I but I, I think too what I'd, I'd like to encourage people out there that are leadership roles. And we did this a lot with with ministry stuff, too, is live life with them. Yeah. Right. Don't just be about work all the time. Um, you know, when I was in youth ministry, I had, well, I had a mentor in my life. He would end up being my next door neighbor and he'd take me to, to, it was Bellingham Giants at the time, but Bellingham Bells game, things like that. Um, if we had to run to the grocery store for something or whatever, you're like, Hey, you want to come along? You know? And, and we would just, we just hang out, but yeah. we talk about life, right? right. We talk about struggles. We talk about God. We talk about different things and, and to have those people that you feel comfortable with. And, and so often we feel like, especially in the workplace, we have to put up this facade. There is a balance between being just emotional all the time and like letting everything flow versus getting work done. But, but if you can be real with people in your workplace, I feel like your team's going to unite. Yeah. Right. And I think that's one of the reasons why we have weekly staff meetings. I've had people say, you have weekly staff meetings. How long are they? <laughs> uh, 45 minutes to an hour and 15 minutes, you know, yeah. depending on the week. And they're like, that takes so much time out of your production. Doesn't it? I'm like, like, no, it actually increases our production because yeah. people are happy. People care about each other. People are invested into each other. People can share ideas and things like that. It's not a competition, right? And yeah. I think so often it's, again, it's it's protecting us. It's protecting a leader, not being willing to be vulnerable. But I would say the opposite happens when, when you're willing to be vulnerable as a leader and you're willing to give people positions of leadership and let them lead, yeah. get out of the way. If yeah. you let them lead, you need to let them make decisions, even if it's the way you're not willing to do it. Right. I think your company in the long run is going to grow and it's going to be better. Right. Yeah. 
No, for sure. And I've like about the staff meeting stuff, like I, we've had multiple people in within our company say that that's one of the best times of the week, mm-hmm. you know, because you get encouraged and yeah. you get poured into, yeah. and that's something you do really well, um, is just, uh, unite and, and lead. And that's why, that's why I'm here, honestly. Yeah. Um, because yeah, I've, I've been in the ministry or in the, in the vocation in other, in other spots and, and there's just something desirable about following a leader that leads. <laughs> and, uh, like one thing that really, I think sets you apart, uh, is you, you're one of those guys that stops by the, the door at the office and say, Hey, how's Janelle doing? How are the kids? How's your family? You know? Oh, and by the way, what are you working on? <laughs> you know, it's like, but that's the, <laughs> that's the that last little part bit of yeah. here, right? <laughs> but that's not the driving point of your conversation. That's not why you came no. to my office. Right. Um, and I think that that just, it, that's just you. Right. And that's, that's just us as a company is that's what, that's just kind of what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and going back, I, you mentioned like how we do business and how we, um, I mean, it is, it is a competition out, out there, honestly. Um, but I, th- I think just doing business the right way pays off, Yeah, you know, like we're out there to serve. I mean, I care that we get the right coverage for you and your family, right? I'm not going to step into a conversation with a client and say, Hey, this agent over across the street is, you know, not doing it the right way. You should come with us. You know, that's just not how we, that's not how we do things, yeah. you know? And there's, I've heard this analogy too. There's two ways to get the tallest building in town right? You can either cut down the other person's building or you could continue to grow your own, hmm. right? And you can continue to invest in your leadership. That's a good analogy. Right. And just continue to pour into what you're doing and yeah. do it the right way. Yeah. Uh, do it well. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just, unfortunately in the secular world, that's not common. Yeah. Um, but I think that's what sets us apart. Yeah. That's cool. Well, thanks for taking time today and, yeah. and being a part of this. And I, I hope you know, overall, I know we jumped around a little bit and maybe we'll get better at this as we do more of them. Yeah. But I, I curve, <laughs> but I think too, like to, to walk away, like if, if I want to take a couple points away from what we talked about, and I hope people understand is, you know, in, in almost 10 years of being in the insurance industry, I think I've found that, um, the best way to do business is to do it as a team. Yeah. Right. And to find people that you can trust that have the same values that you do and, uh, and hold each other accountable, hold too. each other accountable to it. Yeah. But then also not, not if you're going to empower someone to do something, let them do it. Right. And sometimes yeah. that's going to mean it's going to blossom beyond what you could have ever fathomed or what you could have visioned. And they just took it to a whole new level. Yeah. And other times it's just going to suck. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and there's going to be the in between. Fortunately, I, we have a team of people around us that I've been able to just say, Hey, I want you to oversee this. I want you to oversee this. I want you to oversee this. Um, and it's relieved a lot of stress in my life, yeah. uh, with a growing business just because they're, they're awesome. They're rock stars yeah. and we have an awesome team of people and yeah. agreed. And, um, so I'm just grateful for you, uh, for your, uh, willingness to lead from the middle, um, to, uh, just be a, a transforming light in our community and, and to really, um, just invest into people. And, and like, even at going back to a little bit what you said, because this is the reason I coach too. And I want to see the young men that I coach become good husbands and good dads and, yeah. and good members of the community and, and, and someone that, um, that a company can count on, right. That they're yeah. going to show up and let the little yeah, things. Absolutely. Right. And, yeah. and so like, if we can instill that 
into people and, and and I think the other thing is like the relationship, the face-to-face. So often we're, we're glued to these phones nowadays, right? And, yeah. and they even have a new, I think I saw on the new iPhone, they'll track how much time you've spent on your phone and whether it's on social media or on yeah. like productivity, right? I don't want to know. But it's just crazy. Like we, people get paranoid if they don't have it with yeah. them. And it's just, we've forgotten how to have it. Even as we sit across this table, face-to-face communication. Yeah. And to me, this is what it's about. This is where... This is where business happens. This is where life happens. This is where encouragement happens. And there's there's a reason why like the anxiety and the depression and all that kind of stuff is through the roof today is because we forgot how to interact with yeah. with people. And we that's don't, yeah, we don't listen designed, anymore. Right. And that's yeah. I mean, we have two ears and one mouth. Mm, yeah. We should use them proportionately. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like yeah, it's that's the thing. It's oftentimes in conversation, it's like I'm I'm trying to think of what I'm going to say while you're talking. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm already trying to think of what I'm going to say. Right. And that's that's the natural conversation human thing we do it's like no just listen (laughs) listen to someone and invest in their life yeah you know love them the right way yeah so yeah and i can't you know even even when you you think about that um how often are are people even you're having that conversation and they set their phone down yeah right on the table with you at lunch or something like that and i've been guilty of that and all of a and i think i was listening to a podcast the other day too and the guy said yeah, someone will get all dressed up, come to a meeting or something with you or whatever, and then all of a sudden the phone rings, and they're willing to take 15 minutes on the phone call where you're there in front of them. Yeah. How often do you say, oh, yep, I'll give you a call back in about 15, 20 minutes. That doesn't happen very often anymore. Yeah. And it's just that that um, opportunity to, to have a relationship with somebody. So yeah. um, anyway, thanks again for being on. Yeah, and, happy uh, to be here. Thanks for having me. And yeah, if you guys, if you guys like this, um, like what you heard today and you want to hear more of it and we might do a deeper dive into some of the, the overview of the things that we talked about, about culture and leadership and business tactics, things like that, uh, hit, hit the subscribe button. Um, give us a follow on Instagram or Facebook, um, at mana insurance group and, and let us know and, and spread the word on this. So. We just literally told them to stay off social media. I don't know if we said literally. So when you're having a conversation oh, with okay. somebody, <laughs> <laughs> when you were talking about the, um, the thinking about the next thing that you're going to say, yeah. it just brought me <laughs> straight to dumb and dumber. <laughs> when when uh, he talks about the part, so I don't know, she was giving me a bunch of garbage about not listening <laughs> yeah. to her or something. I don't, I, was, know, I don't know. I wasn't really listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thanks for listening movie. to me. I appreciate that. That really encourages me. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. Just don't call me one pathetic loser. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's all we got. So thanks again, everybody for listening and hopefully you found this helpful. And uh, yeah. thanks again to Josh and Mark with Anthros Media to being willing to, to come out and record this for us. And I think it's going to be a good, good thing. Yeah, like it's fun. Do maybe once yeah. a month or so and, yeah. and see if we can get some different guests on and not that you weren't good. Oh, well, I didn't give you all my good stuff. I oh, wanted to good. leave a little bit out there yeah, just so you invite me back. Table right here. You just, I just wanted you to invite me back. That's yeah. it. Okay, we'll see. <laughs> I'll talk to Kaylee, see if that's allowed. Yeah, all right.